Eventech podcast is brought to you by Event Hero. All of the event management software features in the world are worthless if they don't easily integrate with your registration system and other systems you need to make your event happen the way you want it to. Stop making superhuman effort and start using your superpowers. Event Hero provides features you need, like check-ins, lead retrieval, analytics, and alerts, all seamlessly integrated with your favorite registration system and other backend tools. To learn more and to get started, visit eventhero.io. Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast. I'm John Federico, your host and executive producer, or as you typically know me, the guy who turns the knobs and posts the shows. But I'm also the guy who finds you, the great guests, in anything and everything related to event technology. And of course, today is no exception. But before we get there, a little housekeeping. You're probably listening to this in a pair of earbuds, maybe on the subway, or maybe you're in your car. You're surrounded by the sound of my voice through all your speakers. That's lovely. When you get to your final destination, you know, leave us a few stars, maybe five stars. You know, head on over to iTunes. If you don't like iTunes, go to Google Play or Stitcher or SoundCloud. Find us all over the interwebs. Your ratings help us get the message out about the show and helps us achieve our mission, which is simply to educate planners on the types of technologies that are out there and when the best opportunities would be to utilize them. If you are, of course, seeing me give you the thumbs up right now, where's the thumb, the camera? Okay, there we go. You might be watching us on YouTube or maybe you're on our blog. That's great. Jump into the comments. Don't try it on YouTube. As, you, as my regular listeners know, I turn the comments off over there. People are nuts. But feel free to leave comments below uh, if you're on our blog. Jump in the conversation, and I'm sure our guests will jump in as well if anything comes up related to what we're going to discuss today. So who is our guest? Well, originally, I had on the docket folks from EventMobi at IMAX. 16, which was last month, talking about some new things. We were going to talk about some new things that happened over there. And we decided it was too noisy on the convention floor. So we decided to schedule something after the fact. And I am lucky enough here to have uh, Austin Schaefer. Austin is, he's a senior account manager there, but more importantly, he's the most senior salesperson there, which means he talks about the product and what EventMobi does all day long. So Austin, welcome. Uh, thanks, John. Happy to be here. Glad you could join me. Uh, me uh, as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about uh, EventMobi. And, and then let's, let's talk about the, the core EventMobi product. Then we can talk about some of the new things that you guys are working on. Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, EventMobi started about seven years ago in 2009 uh, as a way for, you know, planners to build out their own event apps, you know, with no technical know-how, uh, go from an idea in their head to an app out in their attendees' hands. So we really started off with the apps, you know, enhancing that on-site experience, uh, helping people with member engagement. Um, and I kind of hate that term, member engagement. I think it's more about turning attendees into participants, which is what we try to do all the time. Um, helping people take what actions happen in the app, turn it into actionable data to improve their event app or their event itself uh, year over year. So that's where our core product was. And uh, the more we kind of talked to our clients and listened to them, it grew out based on their needs. You know, they needed uh, registration that integrated with the app. They wanted tools for, you know, live polling, uh, getting feedback from their attendees. So it's kind of all of these things in one little area uh, that can be in the palm of your hands. 
um, available in real time. So it's basically kind of the core product of EventMobi is enhancing that on-site experience, uh, but making it easier to, to set up and manage. Got it. Yeah, we know what that's like here at Event Hero. You go with the customers, take you and <laughs> right? and so sure enough you're like oh you'd like that really uh, okay we have a hundred other customers asking for that okay we'll build that you know it's yeah. just it's just the way it goes yeah but it's, it's very process driven like uh i mean every one of my clients who actually purchased from us uh, after all of their events we reach out and do a debrief for them you know we want to know uh how the build process with the app go you know what do they really like about it um, what didn't they like about it? What didn't work well? Uh, what was the feedback from their attendees? And that's actually how every product here at EventMobi uh, starts, you know, getting into the ideation phase with engineering. Uh, then they start doing testing internally and push it out to our partners, uh, refine it before ultimately handing it off to our attendees. So we try to find the problem that they're trying to solve, not just taking, you know, well, we need this feature. Okay, we, we try to dive deeper. Why do you need this feature? Uh, what are you hoping to do with it? Uh, and then we build out that. So it's not a matter of you know, sticking stuff onto the product just because people requested it. It's, it's what issues are you actually trying to solve? Um, a, great, a great kind of example of, of this was uh, uh, group discussions. People wanted discussions to happen in the app. Um, and every time I looked at like an activity feed or just kind of all these messages, I, I ran into the same problems when I was on site at events. It wasn't very useful for me. A lot of activity happening. Um, but typically people like me as an exhibitor at the show were posting about my booth, come visit me over and over and over and over again. Uh, it wasn't so useful. So we, engineering looked at that problem and they realized people wanted focused discussions. And so we created the idea of having channels in the app. And so that's kind of how we go. We hear feedback. We try to figure out what problem needs to be solved. And then we action on that idea. I, I figured as much. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yes. Yeah. Uh, throwing features at the wall just to see what sticks or just because it's one yeah. person asked for it is, is not ideal. Figuring out the problem, of course, and totally. assuming technology is the solution, uh, that is the way to do it. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. Sometimes, you know, technology is not the solution, in which case you back off. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've, we've told customers, no, we, no, that's not the answer. And they're like, don't you want our money? Yes, of course I want your money. But no, I, I, it's not right. That's not what you should do. Anyway, so EventMobi. So you guys, so you said, it's, um, you said it puts the power in the hands of planners. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Please, uh, yeah. What's it like to work with you guys? So let's, I, I want to get started. I, I need an event app. I've heard about these, this EventMobi thing. Uh, I think I might want to try it out. What do I do? Uh, yeah, well, we, I, I, either, you know, we get in touch with you, you get in touch with us, but uh, it kind of comes back to that point you said, like, hey, don't you want our money? Well, my job is actually trying to figure out if we can solve your pain. So it's listening to your problems, what your issues are, uh, you know, figuring out is the solution going to match those needs? Because if it's not, we don't want to sell to you. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, we want you to have a good experience. Uh, on the platform. So that means solving problems like uh, whether it's something that's very simple for people that are new to event apps, like cutting back on printing or worrying about, you know, disseminating information. Well, that's a problem apps can really solve. But if you've got a lot of experience with technology, it could be something more complicated, like having uh, really in-depth registration where you need, you know, all these logical fields and all the stuff that's a little more complicated. And that becomes a more nuanced discussion. But it's a matter of figuring out what your issues are uh, what the problem is, and then matching that to the product. And if we can't do that, uh, we, we actually, my, my job is to actually let people know right away. I'll say, look, if, if you look at my demo here and through our discussion, um, if you feel it can't solve your needs, um, I actually ask them, can you do me a favor? Just, just tell me no. Um, and if they can say no to me, that, that's great because we don't want to waste each other's time. And if I push them through a product that's like, you know, a round peg square hole, they're not gonna have a great experience. They're not gonna leave happy. Uh, I'd much rather say, you know what, who could really solve your problems and I'll point them to another company because I'd rather their event be successful. Uh, and that's the way the whole team is trained here is to do exactly that. 
Uh, from there, let's say we do match your needs. Well, we hand you off to customer success. Uh, customer success is about making sure the strategies around your app and the products you have, you're equipped with the education, um, the knowledge of what's worked previously for our clients to be successful with that. If we give you gamification, for instance, and you're trying to uh, drive more traffic to a trade show floor, uh, if we just hand you off the products, it's not exactly setting you up for success. And that's where customer success, customer success comes in uh, to actually explain, you know what was really great for previous clients uh, is this, and they match it once again to that, that pain that I discovered during my process. Uh, from there, we train you on the platform. Uh, so every one of our clients is an hour-long training consultation. Uh, then they have unlimited access to support. And more than that, through custom success in marketing, we always push out based on uh, kind of the last of the process I mentioned earlier, the debrief, how we've solved issues, how other clients have taken what our product can do, maybe refigured it to meet the specific need. Um, like gamification, you know, the, the typical things I see it used for is like increasing networking or, uh, you know, driving traffic to the trade show floor. But I had a client who uh, had, a, had a challenge in the app called Show Us Your Dance Moves. And what they did is they had volunteers on site uh, go out on the dance floor and they started the dance and they had passcodes in their hands. They're ready to hand them out. So they were dance. I can't dance. Sorry. Um, and uh, and uh, handed them out and it got people involved. It, it pushed them out there. And so I hear that and I go, oh, that's amazing. So when I talk to clients and they mention, you know, we're not so sure, you know, how to do this. I don't think technology is right for that. Oh, actually, I had a client who did exactly that. Um, and we all have these strategies and we share them internally. So it's about taking our knowledge here of the event space, what our clients have done with our technology and applying that to, to your event. And that's what it's all the way through. Um, and there's all these feedback loops between what's going on with the product, what's going on with their clients, back to us. Uh, kind of a, a small little example of this I mentioned a lot to my clients is they're like, what's support like? How, how, why is the product so easy to use? Well, it's because every day supports as a daily standup where they go, um, you know, what sort of issues have you run into today? You know, what have clients been saying? Maybe there's something we didn't know about a new product or maybe there could be a bug we want to fix right away. Uh, there's always an engineer there. Um, well, in our app, we're able to uh, put images in there. And uh, this is like a year and a half ago, clients kept coming in and say, hey, how big should these images be? And support was diligently answering those questions. Um, but they kept coming through. An engineer heard this and said, you know what? Actually, I can fix that. And he added the requirements right to the content manager, right, right there in front of you. And the questions went away. And this sort of iteration is something we do all day, every day, day after day. Uh, so that feedback loop back through the product is what I think keeps us improving. So it happens with me, making sure we can solve your problems there analyzing what I can learn from your event and using our product to help the next person I talk to. Customer success is the exact same thing. Support balances you all the way through. And at the very end, once again, we reach out to you. So you have me as part of your team, your customer success manager as part of your team, and we talk to you. How did things go? You know, how do we serve you better in the future? And what can we learn from you uh, as a user of our product? Uh, so that's kind of the event mobile life cycle is, is that right there. So it's, uh, it, it's not self-serve, so to speak. But, but it, you do set the customer up, to use your language, set them up for success, but you do set the customer up in the sense that you evaluate their needs, uh, you understand their goals, yep. uh, and then you put as much technology into place so that they're in control. Is that a good statement? Well, it's, so for me, I, I, I'm a salesperson, right? So I ask questions. I make sure that I'm on the right track here. So when you say self-serve, what, what do you mean? Uh, I, can, uh, I can add an image myself. I don't have to. I don't have to send an email to this to the support team and say, "Could you guys upload this image?" I can do. I can manage certain things myself related to my app and my account. Sure. So, I mean, with Event Mobi, we've got different tiers, right? It's about it's my job to figure out where you need to be in there, and then what you can afford to meet those needs. Or if you can't afford us to do everything for you, 
uh, talk about how we can make you successful here, even if you're worried about not being so tech savvy and see if we can still solve that issue at a price that meets your budget. Uh, so it can be self-serve. Sometimes my clients get an activation code sent to them. Uh, they get a quick little training and they do everything. That's probably 99% of my clients. Uh, they do it all themselves. However, you know, I do work with a lot of, you know, small staff nonprofits where they, they might have money, but they, they don't have staffing. Um, it's all volunteer capital. And uh, for, for, for them, you know, they might want us to do it for them, in which case we can manage everything from start to finish. Um, or we can just take your data and upload it for you. So there's these tiers we can put in place of how much we can do. Uh, you can even fly us out to your event will be an extension of your staff on site. So it's about me figuring out what your pain is, what matches your budget, your needs, and uh, pushing that through. And then we have streams right for you from start to finish. Got it. Yeah, it sounds a lot like our business. You know, for I would say, you know, 90% of our customers, they just, yeah, you're laughing. <laughs> So my, uh, for those, for those who don't know, I'm, my nickname on the internet is Gadget Boy and my home automation system just turned off my lights because I'm not, <laughs> they're back on now. So yeah, we do the same thing where 90% of our customers, you know, we train them every account yeah. training and then they do what they do their thing and support takes care of them and customer success, success. I guess neither of us can say that word today. It's, it's tough. Yeah. 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 Customer success takes care of them. And then occasionally we'll have the exact opposite. Someone's like, yeah. we want, you know, we want 20 people on site or that's a bit of an exaggeration, but you know, we, we need yeah. five people on site to work with exhibitors and blah, blah, blah. And okay, sure. If that's what you need, that's, that's what we'll do. But yeah, yeah. for the most part, you, we try to make things as easy as possible so that people can get their work done without having to constantly pester the, <laughs> the support team. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. How do you deal with customers that think they can do it themselves and suddenly decide they can't? Like, so they're, like, like they don't realize it because they, all of a sudden, like, the phone is ringing off the hook or the inbox just keeps flooding because this customer keeps asking for stuff and you're like, wait a minute, this person should have been in this tier of service, not this tier. What do, what do you do about that? Yeah, well, it's a hands-on approach, right? So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why you have a team involved. So you've got me, you can escalate things too. You've got support over there. Uh, and it might be a matter of saying, hey, you know what? Uh, you're running all these issues. Have you considered using our, our app concierge, which is a dedicated support person for you uh, and project manager for your app? So it's a lot more hands-on. You, would you like these amount of touch points? Well, I'm not so sure. You know, I feel like this is, you know, I, I can't afford that or uh, we've met our budget for this event. Okay, so what can I do to make you successful? Where, where, are your, where are your biggest issues here? Well, you know, the truth is I don't have time. Okay, well, that's something that I can look to solve. Uh, well, I just don't get it. Uh, very, I've never actually, that I can think of, heard someone say that, but they might say they had some trouble with this or that. Um, I know I myself, I'm terrible with Excel. So that's where I get the most, uh, where I have my most issues just in the office. Um, but uh, so it's a matter of figuring out what that issue is, isolating and going, what sort of resources can, I, resources can I use to equip them to be successful? So if it's a matter of, well, I'm not really sure, you know, how to implement my live polls. Okay, well, why, why do you think that is? Well, I'm just not sure how to disseminate this information to uh, my speakers or how do I pull this in? Oh, let me show you how to do this. Let's hop on a demo right now and I'll walk you through that. And I'll make sure that you're, if you feel you're equipped by, by the end of that call. Um, and that's the same thing, you know, sometimes that, that call will go to support and support will take care of that. Other times my clients will come to me. Uh, the times is customer success. So we, we try to catch those problems, you know, when they're spoken to us. And if they're not spoken, we, we ask. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't become an issue when you're out of time, right? We approach this when you have the availability to do it because yes, yes. everything gets crazy up until that week. And, um, yeah, we try to catch that sooner. Like we'll do quality checks. You know, they'll go through the app and say, I noticed you didn't actually, uh, you have live polls. It's mentioned in the notes as something that you were interested in using, but you haven't used them yet. Support will reach out and ask those questions. And then they go, oh, well, yeah, I couldn't really figure out, you know, how to set them up. 
oh, do, would you like to hop on a demo and I can show you how to do that? Um, so that's kind of, we, we, we ask, that's the key. And if someone comes to us, we dive deeper. Um, and that's kind of the focus is how do we understand your issues and go to solve them? Well, it's great to hear. And, and I'm, glad you, I'm glad you were able to, to focus in on that because a lot of people just, you know, I mean, we have this in our business at times. Yeah. A lot of people will create a spreadsheet and they'll say, this company, this company, this company has these features, their check boxes, and, and yeah. then that's how they make their decision. And it's, no, 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 no. I don't, you know, like we don't answer RFPs. Like we just don't do that. It's, yeah. yeah. It, it, get on the phone and, and let's talk. Exactly. I, we may not be the right choice for you. And I'd rather just know that up front rather than completing your 30 page RFP. So, it, so it's good that it's a consultative approach. And that's what I really wanted people to focus on. When, don't just look for features, folks. <laughs> uh, don't just look for features. Pick up the phone and get a feel for the tech company that you're going to be working with. That's sort of my, my tip for the day, which you uh, exemplify. Uh, let's just break down a few of the buzzwords, by the way. Yeah, please. Yeah. Gamification. It yes. means a lot of things to different people, right? Yeah. Uh, so let's just talk about how you would define it and what some of the typical use cases would be for your customers. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, gamification, I think, is a, a mouthful of a word. You know, and it's all about taking, I think, elements from gaming, applying them to real-world situations, and then trying to capitalize on people's competitive nature to bring their behavior more in line with your event goals. So let's take a problem that might not, be easily solvable at an event. Trade shows. How do they usually get people to come by my booth? Well, it's lunch. You know, I'm competing with lunch for someone to come by my booth and me to try to sell to them. You know, that's never really a great experience for me. Um, and I also, I want the lunch as well. Uh, the nice thing about gamification is about get, having them come to my booth and have a conversation with me. Um, that, that's, the, that's the key. So here's the idea. Every exhibitor is worth, say, five points. You got, you meet an exhibitor, you chat with them, they give you the passcode, you put it into the app. It's not a picture you take a picture of and walk away. It's not a transactional thing where it's a stamp. They can see the stamp on the table. Uh, my passcode is simple. It's in my head. If you want it, I want at least a business card. And uh, then I hand it off to you. Um, maybe your sponsor booths are worth 20 points. So where do you think they're going to go? Um, that's kind of the, the idea there. And you can update this stuff in real time. Um, so I, I actually have one of my favorite stories about gamification. I had a client uh, about two years ago. And I tell a story to my clients all the time. And uh, it was a small trade show booth or trade show floor, I should say. Lunch was in there. It was about 20. They're all 20 exhibitors. They're all sponsors at the event. And uh, one of the sponsors came to my client and said, kind of after lunch, said, you know what? I think our mar market's kind of moved on. Uh, I don't know if we'll come back again next year. And uh, she said, no, it's okay. I'll take, I'll take care of it because they were using gamification. So she went to the, the content manager, uh, made a brand new challenge just for them, that for the next hour, they're going to be worth 50 points, so 10 times as much. And they sent out an alert to everybody in the app. So, you know, if you're playing the game, where do you think people went? Um, and my favorite part of the story is afterwards, uh, one of the other sponsors came up and said, hey, wh why, why did they get that? Uh, and she, she fibbed, which I think in light of things was probably a smart move. And she said, I'm so sorry. Uh, we only sold one of those this year as an experiment. And he goes, well, you should sell more of those. We would have bought that. And uh, so she sold them since, uh, which is kind of fun. And um, that, that's kind of a use case I see there, but it's about taking a problem and adding the co competitive factor to it to bring people's behavior more in line. Another example, I had a client who every year, their opening keynote was at 11 o'clock. Uh, registration was open since eight. Every year, 1030, the huge line shows up at registration and people complain that they're not getting the keynote on time, but they came at the last minute. So they made a challenge. You show up before nine o'clock, you get a hundred points. It's the biggest challenge. Uh, they had two rushes, one before nine. I mean, not quite as big as one before 11, but they're you know, much, much smaller and complaints went down. 
So it's about taking that idea and applying it there. It's not about adding something extra fun to your event. It's not about, you know, it's not a game. It's about gamification, turning this into something where you can capitalize on people being competitive. Uh, and that's the key. And I tell people it's very, very powerful, uh, which is what I've seen typically, what clients said, I'm worried people won't actually, you know, be a part of it. Usually they get a little too involved. That, that's the other concern. So it's a matter of balancing that and we'll work with you on strategies to make sure that, that it's effective for what you're hoping to do. So that's how I see gamification. Did I answer the question or? Yeah, sure it does. Sure it does. So I guess, and I, I totally agree that sometimes you just need to provide some incentives and you can completely change uh, behavior, which is a great thing. So what do I get? Just out of curiosity, what would I get with my points at some of, at some of these events? Do I get anything or am I just on a leaderboard or what's the deal? So, so through that, Moby, you, 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 you you're on a leaderboard. Uh, the leaderboard is clickable, which means that uh, people who are on that leaderboard get a lot more attention. So uh, I've had clients in the nonprofit world who said, you know, new members uh, will oftentimes put in their bio, their bio in the app, their full resume, uh, looking for a job, looking to connect, right? So it's about driving traffic for them to their social media pages or to their resume. Um, however, what we do when we talk about the app itself or kind of the strategy around gamification is we talk about the, the SAPS model of incentives. So it's about giving people status access to something they might not normally have. Maybe you give them something that's power. Um, and the last stuff is, the last thing is stuff. You know, that's kind of the least motivating, really. Oh, I got a weekend away at this resort in the mountains. Interesting. Okay, cool. But uh, status is a little more interesting. Access to maybe the speaker's lounge or the hosted buyer lounge that I wouldn't normally get access to. That's really cool. Uh, maybe you get a sticker that says skip all the lines. Uh, and you do this based on which, like, each day of the conference. So now you are, it's cost you you less money to actually give out prizes uh, and people are more motivated by it. Uh, so that's kind of how we've modeled the game is based on that idea of the proper incentives. I like that. The, because it's immediate gratification, meaning it's happening. I'm being rewarded at this event. And because the cost is relatively low for some of those things, like skipping ahead at the line, you yeah. can afford to give out more than one as opposed to just exactly. one grand prize where someone says, uh, I probably won't participate because I won't win anyway. What are my odds? Whereas if it's like, oh, a hundred people get into the cocktail reception first at no charge, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, cool, I'll do that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I like that. So gamification is relatively new, or I should one of your newer things, if I'm not mistaken. No, we've actually been in the space since like 2010. Uh, we, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we just recently did a huge, huge update to it about, uh, I guess, a year and a half ago. So okay. um, it used to be a separate app that we would sell, and now it's all integrated in the same place. Got it. So, Got it. But now you are doing something new, and this is what kind of what's how we, where we ended up on this call. Yeah. Uh, at IMAX, you announced something new this year, which I found interesting, hence we're here. Digital signage. Yeah. What is, what is that all about? I, I didn't, all I read was, I read the press release that Christine yeah. sent me and, and yeah. that was it. And, but I, I, did, I don't know the details. So fill us in. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I mean, uh, kind of the, the idea for digital signage is, uh, well, we, we realized that things like TV screens become more ubiquitous. Uh, I'm Canadian, so when I go into Tim Hortons, there's, uh, you, you, might, you might do McDonald's or Starbucks. Uh, oftentimes, there's TV screens with the prices behind it. Uh, they're, they're getting cheaper, uh, not only for business, but also for events. Um, and so the idea is we have this data in, in the app. Uh, things like that are important to attendees at all times, uh, the schedule, things like uh, alerts going out. And now we can actually push them to digital screens around your event. Uh, so it's the ubiquity of your information everywhere. It means more exposure for your sponsors, more exposure for your brand. Uh, and that's kind of the idea there is having the information that you already have, that you've already created, using no extra work to create the signs and pushing it everywhere. So if I'm sitting down in a room before a session, uh, instead of seeing kind of the 
background for the computer screen or just a logo, or as I've heard so often, a PowerPoint going through sponsor slides. Um, it can be, you know, event will be live display, which is showing off what's going on on Twitter. So it's encouraging people to push that conversation beyond your venue. Uh, then it switches over and shows the uh, agenda, you know, what's happening now, uh, what's coming up. If there's a change you make in the app, it automatically shows up on a live display. So it's about the ubiquity of information and not creating any extra work for planners. That's kind of the idea there. I haven't dug into the market, uh, yeah. but from what I can tell, this is, this is unique. Uh, and, and I think it's important. It reminds me of, I'll put it in, a, in, in sort of, a, I'm going to juxtapose it a bit. It's, it's Please, like, yeah. you're like the Apple Watch of event apps. So what do I mean when yeah. I say that? The goal, people, you always hear Tim Cook say, it's, you know, it's a personal device and you don't have to take your phone out of your pocket. Well, in your case, it's the same thing. I, I'm not wearing it on my wrist, but I still don't have to necessarily take my phone out of my pocket. It's, it's on screens throughout the venue. It's on screens perhaps in, uh, in sessions or at the, before sessions. And I'm getting that information without constantly having to pull the phone out, open the app, hit the splash screen. I'm joking. Please tell me you don't <laughs> And then get with the information I need. So now yeah. a lot of this is just it's just randomly it's ambient. It's it's yeah. ambient data. It's just yeah. around me. Well, and here's the other thing about it is you know oftentimes my clients tell me or especially when they're you know starting to purchase is we have this core group of members. Uh, they're different demographic, and you know they don't have smartphones. They've still got flip phones, and they don't have access to this. Uh, you know, forget the fact that our app will work on a laptop, but uh, you know, what, what are they going to do? How, how do you disseminate to them the latest information when they're walking around the conference? Well, now you have a live display. Uh, oh, we need to let everyone know the session room changed. Don't send a volunteer, send an alert out through live display. And then it's everywhere at the exact same time. Um, and it's cool because it can create, you know, congregation areas. People kind of, you know, rush, rush shoulders as they look at the upcoming sessions. Um, it can be a statement piece, completely scalable. Uh, we did an event here in Toronto called Incentive Works, and uh, they had it. It was like the size of a football field on the side of the wall. Uh, they projected it up there. So it was really, really cool to see. Uh, Christine got her picture next to it. I did not. I'm a, <laughs> missed the opportunity there. Um, but uh, so it's really, really cool what you can do with this to make an impact. It can be a statement piece uh, and also capture that smaller and smaller, ever-decreasing number of attendees who don't have the smartphone. Yes. And to your point, it is ever-decreasing. It is an ever-decreasing number. Yeah. But, but once again, people, people are, I think, are starting to become uh, overburdened. You know, that's, that's kind of my thing. It's just, you know, the apps, the apps, everything's, everything's yeah. the app. Whether it's, it doesn't even matter if it's an event. I'm just life yeah. in general, right? Yeah, did, you get, yeah. did you download our app? Oh, God, yeah. no, I didn't download the app. I don't want to yeah. install your app. Uh, every, every news website, every blog now has an app and you're just like, I, give, me, give me your content. Yeah, exactly. I, I, Where's yeah. the New York Times app? I don't yeah. need the New York Times app. I have a web browser, right? Yeah. So I think to the extent that you can serve the needs of the attendees as well as the exhibitors, as exhibitor sponsors, and of course the organizer uh, in multiple, using multiple screens, I, I think yeah. it, it's definitely a step forward. Yeah. Um, I think everyone wanted to put something in, in people's pockets. And the reality is that that was cool for a while, but now it yeah. seems like companies like EventMobi are starting to say, wait a minute, let, let, that's not what the market wants. Well, I think it's oftentimes both, right? Because it's all about the utility you get out of it, right? So, I mean, the live display is one thing for everyone, whereas I can personalize my experience in my pocket. Then I think it's kind of the different markets they, 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 they take on. Um, but they work so well in tandem, you know, because one doesn't require any extra work to do. You've already built out your schedule once. Live display is done. You just set your colors for it. Um, and that's the whole idea is the dissemination of information really, really quickly. Uh, so it's not just here mixing, you know, if you, let's say you do push notifications, so many apps do these nowadays. I mean, we do them. How many push 
I mean, before this podcast, I turned my phone off because I was going to get so many push notifications in my pocket, right? So it, it becomes a, kind of a blur of noise, but this is something you can't ignore and it's everywhere. So that's right. the, the great thing about it. Yes. And let's also not forget that, you know, the TV in my hotel room is not a live display. So obviously yeah. Yeah, the app makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, but having it as a secondary source of information, of course, yeah. What was the inspiration for that, by the way? Just, I'm just curious how you, we, we talked a bit about how yep. uh, your engineers are part of your, your customer yep. support stand-ups and yep. you guys are always talking. What was the inspiration for that? Uh, so, I mean, we, we actually do, uh, uh, internally, we do a lot of hackathons, uh, which is really kind of cool. So we'll put together, uh, we'll take the data we have in our, in our system. We have a lot of data, right? Uh, and what can we do with this? How, how would this work somewhere else? And we, engineers, uh, salespeople, marketers will do small groups, kind of like a startup within a startup, and see kind of how close we can get to a finalized product. And then we look at those and go, okay, well, which of these make, make sense? Uh, we've got fantastic product managers here that you know, know the market, have done competitive research, uh, have spoken to so many of our clients and go, well, what's the fit here? And so we started off with a hackathon like that. Uh, then we started looking at the market. While well, we know digital signs are getting much, much cheaper. TV screens are so much cheaper now. And if you look at a conference, well, pretty much every conference in every session room has a screen to share the presentation. So you're already equipped no matter what size conference you are for the most part. Uh, so it seemed to fit. So then we just started iterating it internally. So once we all got behind the one idea, another hackathon as a company, to push through uh, use cases, uh, what would fit on there. Uh, one of my favorite things to come out of there since we had the screen up at IMAX was let's add a new sticker at the bottom where you can put in an RSS feed. Mm -hmm. And uh, considering the uh, beloved Blue Jays did not make it through, we were able to stay at the booth and know that. So it's able to press us even while we're there. But at least we knew what was going on. Um, and that's kind of the thing is, you know, what can we add to this? We come together at this and then we validate it with our clients. So I, I don't know if it's a, a super inspiring story, uh, but uh, it's a matter of, you know, looking at what we have and uh, seeing what we can do with it, coming together to iterate and collaborate, uh, innovate. And that's what we do. Well, and, and by the way, that is a, that is a good story. Anyway, it's oh, okay. sort of like, <laughs> the way I look at it is, um, uh, live display is like the Gmail of um, of Google of Event Movie. Yeah. <laughs> Gmail was one of those twenty percent projects. Yep. yep. Sorry for those listening in. Google allows their engineers to spend twenty percent of their time working on projects that they deem interesting or useful, and that's how Gmail was created. So sorry, sorry about that. Too much jargon. All right. So, Austin, is there is there anything about Event Movie that I failed to ask that you want my audience to know about you guys? Other than um, your great service and the way you learn about customers' needs and other... Oh, yeah, of course. Um, well, th there was one other new product we had uh, at, um, at IMAX. Oh, okay. Um, Which so, was? Uh, it's called Advanced Designer. Um, okay. And it's kind of unique in the industry. Uh, it kind of turned us into the, the WordPress for event apps. Um, if you think, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but uh, the idea of, you know, why does my board meeting have to look so much like our annual retreat when it comes to apps? You know, apps are very configurable right now, a lot of features out there, but not really customizable. Um, and what's nice about this is, you know, our, our platform as it stands can be made by anybody. You don't need a whole lot of tech experience. We started looking at things when, you know, back in 2010, where apps were kind of this more abstract idea, weren't everywhere, and uh, people could build them themselves. Well, now we've added this extra part for people that want, you know, deeper level of branding and engagement. So it's uh, essentially what you can do is if you have a web designer on staff, you can actually reskin the entire app with CSS, which meaning basically if you can dream it, it can be it. So you don't like this thing right here, take it away. Uh, you want these things to animate as they come in, you can do that. Um, if you want it to be a totally different font, 
So what, what I like about this as a salesperson is there's been a lot of times where clients had a very specific need where they, this one part of the app, that doesn't fit with our branding. That's not something we can do, or we need this to match our design principles exactly, which means we need this one proprietary font that we use. And I just say, I'm so sorry, we can't do that, but nobody else really can either. Um, and the nice thing is with this now, we can, we can do it. So you can basically customize the app entirely. Um, and it's like it's one of those custom pre-built apps that you know, cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Um, anything in the app you can actually change. So that was the other presentation we did at IMAX that, uh, uh, that Bob did. I did the one on live display, so pretty handy. Okay. Oh, I'm, see, I missed that. I, I could, maybe I just, you know, maybe it was my bad and I just went through the press release too quickly. But um, <laughs> so, and for those, for those listening, CSS, basically what that means is that if you have, uh, if you have design standards for your organization or you have specific desires, uh, really all you need is, a, is an experienced uh, web developer for lack of words, to simplify it, right? Yeah. And, uh, and you can make that happen. And I'm assuming uh, if I don't have one of those people, um, I can ask you to do it, yes? Uh, so soon you can. So right now, simple stuff. Like I, I know enough CSS that if you want this one thing and you can just reach out, I'll, I'll do it for you. I don't mind. Um, I can't speak for I don't know if all my fellow colleagues know CSS as well as I do, um, which is very little. But uh, typically, you, for small things, it's easy enough to look up on the web. How, how do I do this? So if you're technical at the very least, not a crazy endeavor for you to do if you want to say switch the font in the app. Um, if you want to do something that's more technical uh, that I actually wouldn't be able to do over eight hours, like animate stuff as it comes in, you know, that's where it's really great where if you've got a web designer on staff already, um, that you're ready made to do this. You can take the creativity you have on your marketing team and have it just explode into the app, which is fantastic. Just do whatever you want in your design brief right in the app. Wow, product demos and CSS. Do you do you have the? Is there? I'm waiting to see the S on your shirt. Or there, just gonna sh- uh, it's well, it's underneath. You know, that's what <laughs> I need a phone booth to change into that. Unfortunately, all right, all right, yeah. Um, and very, very, you know, little. I can change font and stuff, or hide this one thing, and I'll have to Google how to do it first. But uh, that's the real skills. I'm a Googler. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm like you. I know just enough to be dangerous. I, I used yeah. to code, and uh, but now when people ask, oh, do you do you do you do any coding at your company? No, no, you don't. Want me. <laughs> yeah. You don't want me doing that. Excellent. Well, Austin, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, John. It was great being here. And uh, if my audience wants to reach out and thank you, how can they do that? Uh, So you can reach me by email. Um, It's uh, austin at eventmobi.com. I'm also on Twitter at Austin at events. Um, So you reach out to me there. Um, Or you can search my name, Austin Schaefer on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to connect with you and uh, chat more. Okay. That's great. Thanks thanks so much. So for those of you uh, listening in, this has been the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.